Hey, slop dog! The Brainiacs are ready! And ready, the Brainiacs are! Welcome into Leather Brains, your host, Slap Dog, here, and do we have a fun filled episode for everybody? As you know, the rookie draft has happened in the NFL, and of course, we are going to be talking about that today, as well as the fantasy football implications for these players. We're going to be talking about the places we did like for landing spots, the places we did not like, and of course, the implications, like I mentioned, for fantasy football. We were there at the draft. Leatherbrains team, we had some representatives there at the draft. It was a good time. We'll be talking about that as well. I am joined by my very good friend here today, Yeti. Yeti, you ready to talk some football, talk some rookies, NFL, draft, recap, my friend? Let's do it, man. Another year where I did not get drafted, but that's okay. You know, I'm pretty surprised by that. I thought you had a pretty good opportunity to uh, to kind of sneak into like the third round. Like I was, I was kind of figuring that was where you were going to go. Honestly, I should go above Bijan. Like that's where I felt like my talent was, you okay. know, my skill set. I think I'm a first round pick all day. I, I think you certainly probably top five pick easy. Oh, I was going to say like seven is fair. Bajan is fair. Top five? Yeah. Like over over Stroud and Richardson and those guys, you think? Actually, you know, they probably have a better arm. Yeah, that's but about it. I think you're faster. I like to think I have a, yeah, I'm probably taller than Bryce Young. Yeah, well, so. I think like half the elementary <laughs> school population is taller than Bryce Young. So that's not a huge accomplishment, but we're going to be talking about it. Um, before we do any of that, Yeti, you know it. I know it. We have a little bit of news to talk about. So you ready to get down to business? Let's get down to business. Let's do it, baby. Hey, boys. Let's get down to business. All right. First thing to talk about here, Yeti. Lamar Jackson. The man. He finally, right before the draft started, Lamar Jackson was able to get a long-term deal done with the Ravens. It was a five-year deal for 260 million dollars your boy got paid not my boy not your boy but a boy a young man perhaps <laughs> a boy that we support here yeah, on the pod. Uh, yeah. see i don't know i'm i don't even want to go as far as to say that because i've been very vocally talking shit on lamar jackson for quite a while now well i mean i'm always a big supporter of guys getting in the bag you know what i'm saying yeah you know they're they're putting their bodies on the lines week every week for our entertainment so you want to go get 260 mil you go for it now that I, yeah, I, I'm I agree with you there. Like I'm I'm happy he got paid because anytime anybody gets a shit ton of money, I'm I'm pro that. Except like Jeff Bezos or or somebody like that, like Elon Musk. Yeah, like I'm like all right, guy. fuck those guys. But Lamar got paid. I think I if I I was reading reports, I think he's one of the top paid quarterbacks, if not the he top should paid be, quarterback. Yeah, should be the NFL. highest paid. Yeah, like that to me is a little crazy. And I'm curious as to your thought. Like, do you think that was a good deal? Like, do you think this was a, a fair? I don't think he's the top quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think he deserves to be paid like one. I think he deserved to get paid. But do you think this was a, a like a, a good deal for the Ravens? I mean, unfortunately, I think Baltimore was kind of handcuffed by the situation because who else were they going to get at quarterback um, this season? You know, I, they weren't really interested in drafting any of the quarterbacks you know i didn't read any um 
interviews with some of the top quarterbacks and they didn't really have the draft capital to do that either. Um, And if you look at this offense, it is built for Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson is not in this offense, then you have Snoop Huntley uh, running the show, which we, I mean, he wasn't all, he was a pro bowler, right? But um, so I'll put a little respect on his name, but he is not the same person as Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jackson is healthy, he is one of the most exciting players to watch. Um, I know there's questions about his arm talent and everything, but I think with Lamar, it boils down to staying healthy and having a consistent offense. Now, the front office really didn't do Lamar any favors over the his first four or five seasons just because they traded away some of their guys, some of his guys, and they really haven't reloaded the wide receiver room until this year. So I think, you know, you can you can say what you want about the money, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that's where the market is right now with quarterbacks nowadays. And um, they they are starting to shore up their wide receiver room a little bit in the offseason. So you I'm excited this, to see what they do. You think this sets the precedence for some of these upcoming contracts? I mean, we got Joey B, who still needs to get paid. Herbert also is is one of those guys who are coming up as far as about to get paid. Like, do you think that kind of sets a precedence for them as far as they could they could break this this financial record here? Easily, yeah. Yeah, I think those guys are going to see more – uh, guaranteed money up front. I think Lamar got what, like 180 million guaranteed is what I believe. Somewhere around there is what he got. I could see Joey B getting probably like 200 mil guaranteed just because he hasn't missed as much time, knock on wood, and he's more of that pocket passer, whereas Lamar, he's more of that scrambler and uses his legs, obviously. I could see the same for Justin Herbert as well. What do you do with that money? Like what you're making 200 million or 180 million dollars guaranteed. What do you do with that? Well, look at fucking Patrick Mahomes, man. He went and bought some of the Kansas City Royals. He's starting to invest in the soccer team that's in Kansas City. He's buying Whataburgers, you know, like these guys, they're, they're smart. They're very smart with their money now. Um, and you, you are right. You know, like if I was given $180 million guaranteed, I don't know what I would do, but that's so much, that's like why you have crazy. a financial advisor. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. I would be like, I'm going to buy a pool and I'm going to fill it with Sour Patch Kids just to yep. see what happens. And that's buy a, a complete couple waste cool of money. cars, go drive fast for a little bit and then give and, that up. Yeah. Like there's, it's, that would be so much fun. Uh, other piece of news, probably the headline news. Yeti Randall Cobb. Oh, was signed to the Jets <laughs> on a one-year deal. So is Garrett Wilson done in that offense? R.I.P. that whole offense now. Randall yeah. Cobb is going to seal the show, I think. You think so? I, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. He's, he is a top-tier <laughs> talent. He has been for you know, years. I got to give kudos to Aaron Rodgers for getting his boy a bag this offseason. <laughs> because let's be honest, Randall Cobb is probably three years past his prime, four years past his prime. Oh, yeah. like they They walked off in the sunset together. And I guarantee you, like in that tunnel picture when Aaron Rodgers like shoved the media out of the way, I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" He had his arm around around um, Randall Cobb. I guarantee you, he whispered. He he kind of got down in his ear a little bit, and he was like, "Let's go to the Jets." And then <laughs> you're the, coming like, with me, buddy. yeah. And then he's like, "Okay, yeah." Like I I don't have any talent to offer, but if you could give me a deal done, that would be wonderful. 
yeah. must have done that with uh, Alan Lazard too, because Liz- Lazard got one of the biggest contracts this offseason. Four years, $44 million, and then you got Randall Cobb coming in. I don't think the money's been announced yet, but let's be honest. I don't think any other team besides Green Bay would probably have signed Randall Cobb this no. offseason. No, <laughs> but like you also you look at it like this. Uh, you mentioned Alan Lazard, and I say this just because Lazard did get paid, but the wide receiver market right now is pretty freaking scarce. And I'm not saying Lazard mm-hmm. is is top tier shit, but like he's a usable like wide receiver too. Was kind of, would yeah. be kind of how I look at him. And there's no wide receivers right now in the market, so yeah, the 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 demand for them is is probably much higher financially, and you got to pay him if you want him to come there. So. I didn't really understand that. I, I I understand it a little bit more now than Elijah Moore is, has left that offense. But that was something that I was pretty surprised with, given all the uh, the the movement that the Jets were already doing to obtain. Yeah. This seems more like a locker room type of move, right? Yeah. To help maybe get Garrett Wilson up to speed, maybe help some of the younger wide receivers they have. I don't know. That's the only reason I could, I, I could I kinda make like that sense thought, of it. Though. I like that thought because it's like, it's like, hey, I've been playing with Aaron for a hell of a long time. I know what he likes. Let me teach you some of that because yeah. he's in the back doing Iowa. He's basically another <laughs> he's another wide receiver coach on the field, yeah. basically. Yeah. So I do like in that respect, yes, I do. I don't really expect him for fantasy purposes to uh, to do a whole lot. So but th- there are some things that we need to talk about for fantasy purposes, and that being the NFL draft, Yeti. So unfortunately you were unable to go, but Scotty and I went to the NFL draft. We went to the first round. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. The draft was freaking awesome. The Everything was so overpriced as to be expected. So you couldn't get drunk because it would cost you about 200 or cost me. I'm a big guy. It cost me about $250 to oh get drunk because beers were like $15 a, a pop. Um, but it was cool, man. We were there for the first the first day. We got there very early. So we were at the very front of the berm. We, could, we were looking down on the stage. And then, you know, him, Matt, Scotty and I are just playing around on our phones for a while, hanging out, waiting for this thing to start. And then we finally looked behind us after, the, after like, right when everything was about to start. We, I turn around and I look. Dude, it was freaking incredible. There was so many people shoved, like, shoulder to shoulder just to watch the draft. And that was really freaking sweet. What I will say, though, is it was kind of unfortunate because – I didn't get we there's so many people my cell phone reception was not good so and and the reason I say this is because the draft starts right and and we all watch the draft I did you did at home we did it in in person and what they don't tell you about the NFL draft is they don't tell you the trade terms whenever a trade happens when you're there so it's not like they get up on stage and they're like so-and-so traded so-and-so for this this and this so they're on the clock the only thing that happens is you're sitting there right so the first pick, of course, is the Panthers, and they take Bryce Young. The second pick is C.J. Stroud to the Texans. Me, Cardinals fan, we're on the clock. I'm the only Cardinals fan, I think, probably in attendance for the NFL draft. <laughs> there was there was like one other like one other person I saw that was wearing a Cardinals uh, jersey, and I was like, "You're my boy." So I'm surrounded by Chiefs fans, right? Because it's in it's in Casey. and everybody's like, "What's going on? What are you guys gonna do?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And and each team has ten minutes to pick. Okay, so. You're watching the thing clock down. You're watching the, the clock go down. The, the stage lights are all in the, the colors of the Cardinals. Okay. And all of a sudden, you know, we're talking, we're having fun. We're waiting for the pick or Goodell to come out. And I will tell you that was the best part was booing Roger Goodell. 
Like I lost my voice because I was just a good guttural boo. It felt so good. Um, <laughs> but so we're, you're waiting for him to come out and announce this pick. Okay. And when we're doing this, you're just watching the clock go down and you're like, okay, what the hell is going to happen? And you turn, I turned away for a second. I turn back and I see that the Texans are on the clock. I was like, did the, and the colors on the on the stage had changed, and I was like, are they glitching out? Because the Texans just picked a pick ago. And then everybody's like, you can hear thousands of people, just kind of like a, a low murmur of like, what's going on? Like, is this a technical glitch or whatever? And then the news comes in that there was a trade, and I'm freaking out, Yeti. I'm like, what's going on? What did we do? You know, and the Texans are on the clock again, which is freaking insane because they had the second pick and then they bought the third pick. So me as a Cardinals fan, I'm like, what did we get for this? What is going on? They come out on stage. They announce Will Anderson to the Texans, the edge rusher. And I'm like, okay. And then it's just the next pick. The Colts are on the clock. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? But I don't have cell phone reception. So I can't look at, I can't like go look on Twitter. And so I turn to the guys behind me and I'm like, what the hell did I, did we just get for that? And they're like, you got a first, you got a second. And I'm like, hell yeah, we moved back to the 12th. Life's good. We got a first rounder next year. Like, this is incredible. Like go, go Cardinals. Right. And then we, we bought back up to the seventh round or seventh overall to, uh, to get our offensive linemen. So it was just, that was cool. That was cool to see all of the, the trades happening and, and, but they don't tell you in the draft that like what happens, like all of a sudden it just changes colors and all of a sudden somebody else is going and And that's when it gets really crazy because the crowd just starts buying into it. But the crowd really bought into it with Bajan Robinson. I heard a lot of sadness. I heard mixed feelings. I should say when, when uh, he was drafted to the Falcons. So was there something that really surprised you? Like what player surprised you the most? in this this rookie draft um i think the big one for me just i want to preface this by saying i wasn't a big believer in this person to begin with but i think the biggest shock to me was will levis falling out of the first round just because going into thursday so last thursday we had been hearing nonstop rumors about levis being you know, a, a top 10 pick, you know, there's rumors of him being the number two pick going to Houston or even going to Indy that him and Indy were like a perfect match all off season, it seemed, but yet, well, Levis or Levis, he slid out of the first round and ended up going to Tennessee in the second. So I think for me, that was the biggest shock just because he was rumored to be, you know, QB three behind Shroud and Young. Yeah, you have a companion there to, that yeah, probably agrees I, with I you. I think uh, my cat here agrees with me. <laughs> yeah, that was one. And you kind of felt bad for the guy a little bit because he um, he went to the draft. Like, he, he said, I will go to the draft if I feel like I'm going to be in the first round. Like, if I'm going to be a first round pick, I will go. So he went, and then he didn't make it. He fell to the first pick in the second round of the Titans. So, like... That was kind of you feel for him in that regard. I don't have a lot of faith in him. I, he's got a great arm, but that's really about it. Like he, as far as like a raw talent is concerned, he's got a cannon for an arm. But he's there's a lot of concerns there for me. So in the Titans, there's a lot of problems with the Titans. There's a there's a a ton of problem with the Titans. So I I yeah I wasn't wasn't really excited about that. Um, well let's just start from the top. Let's go over the first round, Yeti, and let's talk about this. So Bryce Young, 
to the Panthers. What are your initial thoughts there? Uh, he was my QB one going into uh, the draft on Thursday. So I think him to Carolina was has been kind of locked in place for the past couple of weeks. No real surprises there. Um, I think for fantasy outlook, though, out of the ooh, I don't know if I want to say this yet, say it. but okay. say it. out of out of the three rookie quarterbacks that went in the first round, I think he's going to be the most productive this year. Um, and I think he probably has the best outlook as far as the class of 2023 goes. Even even regarding the uh, the lackluster team that he is surrounded with. I mean, like, he, yeah, he doesn't have any yep. stars there. Uh, to help. I think, again, out of the three, he he played with Alabama, obviously. And we think of Alabama as a powerhouse every year because they are right. But last year, their wide receiver room was kind of it wasn't Alabama esque. It was probably Nebraska esque, which is, you know, it is what it is. Right. But Bryce Young, he has played with younger or not as good wide receivers and i think um cj shroud was a beneficiary of having a loaded wide receiver room every year that he started at ohio state florida didn't have that many weapons for anthony richardson so i think bryce young is well equipped to go into the nfl and be productive with guys who aren't you know they're not um jsn's or they're not marvin harrison juniors Okay, is Bryce Young's height like I know we we joke around about his height a lot. Is that something that is of a concern? As a fellow short guy, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, no, not really. Okay. I mean, if the guy can play, the the film does not lie on Bryce Young. Sure. This dude went up against SEC defenses for the past three years. He's proven what he can do, even though he's five ten, five nine, whatever you want to say. I think he's going to be just fine in the NFL. Okay, C.J. Stroud of the Texans. I don't think this was a this was not a shocker for myself. I think on on a lot of mocks, this is kind of where we had projected he would go. So not a surprise by any stretch of the means. Are we excited about that for Stroud? I think Stroud is one of those guys that we're gonna have to wait for a year or two okay. to really kind of decide on. Was that a good pick? Uh, you know, obviously we have to do do that with every rookie, but sure. I'm saying initially for me cj shroud is kind of like oh, you know we'll kind of see what happens because we talk about luck lackluster rooms houston is in that same exact situation yeah i think houston for me i think i like houston marginally better than the panthers like as far as like an offensive like talent pool i think there's just like a marginal difference with the Texans being a little bit better as far as what they have around them I'm not gonna say it's it's a lot but it's enough for me to like the Texans offense offensive output just a little bit more and that could change because Bryce Young could be that that differentiator this year so I'm interested to see both of them develop and and there's another quarterback obviously the the third quarterback off the board who needs a lot of development Anthony Richardson to the Colts I uh I I want to give my thoughts on this first because I um I had kind of said this or alluded to this um, regarding I thought there was a chance this could happen. I thought there was a chance that, the, that he goes to the Colts because we had seen what happened when Shane Steichen, and I probably butchered that name. He was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and he he developed Jalen Hurts incredibly well. And, and granted, Jalen Hurts, I think, is a raw he, – he had a little bit more progression already by the time that Shane had had him. But now Shane is the the head coach for the Colts. The Colts are in desperate need for a quarterback. 
and they go they get their guy. Anthony Richardson is a raw talent, but he needs a lot of molding and development. He's fast. He can throw the ball okay, but he's not great at reading. He he doesn't read the read the defenses very well. There's a lot of a lot of question marks around him, but as a raw talent, I kind of like this move because it it he's he is the quarterback three. I I, I would take him or Stroud. I, I think Bryce Young is very clearly the the best one, but I think from an offensive perspective, he found a good home. And for that, I am excited for Richardson in that regard. If he can, I mean, like if he hits, he's going to be the, one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the NFL. But that's a that's a big if, I think. And that's my opinion. I'm curious as to yours. I think with Richardson, the question was always going to be his landing spot. Because if he would have went to a situation like Carolina or the Panthers, where he was going to be the day one starter, the offense really isn't a run first type of offense that those two landing spots wouldn't be appealing at all. But the fact that he's going to Indy with the offensive coordinator, like you said, who has worked with Jalen Hurts and has kind of helped develop Jalen Hurts, I think is a big boost to Anthony Richardson's stock. Um, obviously, they have a little more weapons to use in Indianapolis with Michael Pittman Jr. and JT. So that that helps a young quarterback develop. But I also think... Richardson's in a situation where he doesn't have to play right away because Gardner Minshew is there and he's not an elite quarterback by any means, but he is at least familiar with Steichen's offense. He can run it for a few games and let Richardson develop, which I think is going to be crucial to Richardson's career. Do you think, yeah, do you think like him sitting down or sit it like if he were to sit at least for half the season, you think that actually would be, would behoove him? I think so. Because what if he starts day one and he has a terrible first six weeks? Let's say he goes, let's say he has like six passing touchdowns and 10 picks and he just looks awful. Like people are going to be like, oh, he's a bust. They shouldn't have taken him. And then you have to start worrying about outside noise with a rookie sure. quarterback. And that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, it is kind of funny. I uh I was looking this up the other day. I was like, so I, I know Gardner Minshew was was there, and I love Minshew mania. He came down. He was with Shane Steichen with the Eagles, and I was like, who? What other quarterbacks are are there besides him and Richardson? It's Nick Foles. It's just oh, like an boy. Eagles quarterback reunion room. Like that's <laughs> what this is. And I was like, oh dang. So just thought I'd throw that out there. I don't think Nick Foles has any relevance for fantasy football, but. It was just kind of funny. I was like, man, he's just bringing all his homies back into the grind of, of yeah, seriously. That, that quarterback room. So kind of funny. Uh, Person once is going to be next. Yeah, it's just that, that's that'll complete the trifecta. <laughs> Bajan Robinson, the one on one. Which I I want to stop before we talk about Bajan real quick. I've seen a lot of of mock drafts or not mock drafts, but like now that the the NFL draft has been completed, a lot of dynasty teams have now done their rookie drafts. We just did ours, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. I've seen so many people take Anthony Richardson one on one, like legitimately. I so Anthony stupid. Richardson is the one on one off the board for so many people, and I'm like, dang man, like I get it. Like I Richardson is a, an interesting own, especially if you don't need him. Like that, I think like if you can, if if you're not super desperate for a quarterback, but you're like, yeah, I'll throw him on the back burner and we'll see what happens in the next year or two. I'm fine with that. But the one on one, I was like, that is that seems a little much for me. So I just wanted to point that out because I've seen a lot of teams or a lot of teams doing that, yeah. But Bajan Robinson, the probably the real one oh one for mm -hmm. this the and a lot of, of, of uh drafts here, went to the Falcons at the seventh overall pick. What what was your I, I was shocked that he went that early 
I thought he would fall just a little bit more. Are you happy with that? Are you sad with that? Are you just okay with that? Like, what are you thinking about him to the Falcons? Oh, yeah. I like to say I looked into my crystal ball last episode I when I, I said he would end up with Atlanta. And I, I felt that because there was a lot of talk about Tyler Aljair being their running back. But if you look at his effective stats numbers, man, they don't lie. Like, he he wasn't that great with his touches, and he was mainly just a volume type of guy. So now you have a guy like Bajon Robinson, who is a generational talent that can really change that offense. I think I know they are a run heavy offense already. Um, they have weapons there with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, but I think adding Bajon gives them another element because he has that. He's so twitchy. He's explosive. He can catch out of the backfield um, and they can rotate guys now with Al Jair and an aging Cordero Patterson. So I think this is a great spot for Bijan. He's going to be running behind a great offensive line. They run the ball a fuck ton. I think it was what I tweeted it out like 58% of the time, which is, which is the most in the NFL. So I love this for Bijan. Obviously, he's the number one pick in, in rookie drafts. Is he drafts. a top 10 running back this year for fantasy? Yeah, I was going to say he's probably top five in redraft. Wow. Yeah, I, I we'll see. We'll see. I what I would like from the Falcons' offense is them to, and I I think we will see. I think we we should see a little bit of running regression from them, just a little bit, not not a not like a ton, but I would I expect them to throw the ball a little bit more this year. You know, I, Kyle Pitts got hurt last year. That definitely doesn't help when it's only Drake London on the field. Desmond Ritter is not a rookie, but technically a rookie if you really want to get mm-hmm. down to it. So the, I I but I do I want them to throw the ball more. Uh, to see what this offense truly can be because Kyle Pitts truthers have been struggling for so long. Sorry, Scotty. And it <laughs> hasn't happened yet. And I think that like, this could be a year where if Kyle Pitts doesn't actually do something for fantasy, I could finally see him dropping in value because realistically the man has not dropped that much in value since he entered the NFL, but he hasn't really done a ton to enter that top tier conversation. So I think this is kind of a shit or get off the pot year for him as far as will he produce for fantasy. And I'm excited to see, what that offense could be. And I think, I think Bajan will help with that. I think, you know, he's a dual threat guy. He's somebody that can take the dump offs. He can run between the tackles. And you, you, as we, we progress in the NFL, those guys become less and less like they're, they're just harder to find. So I think that could open up the offense and in turn, give both these wide receivers some value or excuse me, tight end and wide receiver some value. So I, I, I actually, I'm okay with this pick. I would have liked to see him fall just a little bit more just because there were some other, like I would, if he would have went to the Bengals, it was a lock for me. Mm-hmm. Or like if, if he would have went to the Chargers, like what would that have meant for Austin Eckler? Like, and then how, how do you draft these guys, you know? So, but he went to the Falcons. It is what it is. And then the next running back off the board to the Detroit Lions was Jameer Gibbs. So one of the biggest surprises too. Yeah. Of the first round. That was a cute, there, I can tell you very confidently that the entire, draft just like gasped in shock that he he was off the board that quick yeah i mean it, yeah i i god i can't talk because it shocked me so much uh <laughs> calm down very, take a breath <laughs> i know i think we talked about it last week too or we asked or the, the brainiacs what how many running backs would go in the first round and we all said eh, probably just one we don't think gibbs is going to go in the first round so i think this one was kind of like oh, uh, yeah, but man. The following moves after the draft or during the draft kind of made this pick make a little more sense to me. 
Um, I had initially listed Jameer Gibbs as a loser because of this landing spot, but that was because they had Swift there as well. Yeah, they had I mean, Swift and they just signed DeMont, um, but they had released or not released Swift. They uh, traded Swift away to Eagles for a draft pick and that immediately opened up his role, right? Is there any concern though? You mentioned David, you know, Swift is not in the picture anymore and we forgot to put mm -hmm. that in the news, but DeAndre Swift is now an Eagles. So for all of you that did not know, he is with the <laughs> Eagles, but surprise. It, it, I mean, does Montgomery be in there? Like, does that have some concern for you as far as his output in this offense at, at the very least this year? A little bit, but if you look at this offense again, last year, they used three running backs quite a bit. It wasn't just Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, but they also try to get Justin Jackson involved. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Justin Jackson is good, but you know, he was getting volume in this offense. So I think now that it's, it, it should be a two man show in my opinion, opinion with DeMont and Jameer Gibbs, just because that is the way the NFL is. There's not a cowbell running back anymore. Um, and I think Gibbs is going to complement this offense perfectly, especially with Jared Goff running the show. Jared Goff is a guy that has a low A dot every year, and that benefits guys like Jameer Gibbs and the tight end. You look at Gibbs kind of like Jamal Williams last year. I look at him more of DeAndre Swift, honestly. Well, I, I hope he's at, on the field more and he's not. Yeah, oh, fuck Swift. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's crazy because, you know, Swift, he missed a lot of time last year, but he oh, he was a, a running back 20 in PPR last year. So That's weird to think about. Played the whole season, like if you average out his points per game and he played the full season, he would have been a top 15 running back in PPR leagues. So that's the kind of area we're seeing Jameer Gibbs fall in right now. Yeah. Top 15. Yeah. I'm interested to see in a redraft format kind of where he gets picked at. Cause I think there, you could go, you could argue either way. Like I think Montgomery and him will be a lot closer than people realize as far as like running backs off the board. Cause I think it could end up being like a decent split between them. I think I'd, I'd rather have Gibbs just for youth. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, this is, that's redraft. And so you don't take age into account as much as you, as you would for others. Uh, Seattle. Oh. Let's talk about Seattle because I'm I uh, I'm really pissed off at Seattle. They really fucked everything up in this draft. Jackson Smith the Jigbo, the unquestioned wide receiver one going into this draft. Everybody had him as the wide receiver one. He goes to Seattle, which is now kind of makes things murky in my opinion. I think it it definitely swayed me away from drafting him in our rookie our startup our rookie uh, dynasty draft just because of all of the mouths to feed in that offense. I'm not going to say JSN is not a talented wide receiver because I, I very clearly think he is, and I think he will be very impactful in the NFL. But I'm playing fantasy football, baby, and I'm trying to win. <laughs> and when you have DK Metcalf, who will draw heads on a defense, yeah, you could argue that opens up the offense for JSN, but Tyler Lockett's still in play. And then let's not forget Kenneth Walker as well. And Geno Smith isn't afraid to run the ball. So you add all these elements in, and I just think it makes it, more difficult for him to find a consistent i think he'll have spike weeks for sure but i think it'll it it makes it much more consistent to count on him in a a short-term basis so uh, what are your thoughts i was shocked when he went to this the seahawks and I'm, I'm curious as to how you felt yeah jsn he is the most talented wide receiver in this class very clearly but the landing spot is less than ideal for him especially this year um, you know, Tyler Lockett, he is 31 years old. 
Um, so his leash or his years are kind of dwindling very yeah. quickly. And I would be shocked if he was in the NFL after this year, to be honest with you, because he he's teased uh, retirement. I think that was a couple years ago now that he talked about walking away. So I think while he's at least uh, in the league for this year, JSN's value is going to be down. But for his dynasty outlook, I think you get past this year and I think he could very well be a top 20 wide receiver. Yeah, I was I was pretty sad. Like I said, I, I'm all about opportunity. And that's why he fell for me. Because I had the opportunity. And we'll talk about the draft here that we had at the very end. And just who went from 1 to 10. So the first round picks. And, and kind of what happened. Because now I feel the need to defend myself. Because somebody <laughs> tweeted on the Leatherbrains account about it. Um, but yeah, I was pretty sad about that. And and. The, the next person we're going to talk about, I was actually really, really happy that he, he ended up there. And that would be Quentin Johnson to the Chargers. He was the next wide receiver off the board. I like this, Yeti. And Quentin Johnson became my wide receiver one due to his landing spot just because there's opportunity there. And it might not happen right away, but let's look at the wide receivers real quick for the Chargers. you got Mike Williams, who's old, and Keenan Allen, who's even older, and they both struggled to stay healthy, meaning that Joshua Palmer... And I know a lot of you are saying, who the fuck is Joshua Palmer? He is a wide receiver, and he played for the Chargers last year, and he was probably one of the the uh, most consistent wide receivers because every other week, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen was hurt. So Josh Will or Josh Palmer was a plug-and-play wide receiver too. Quentin Johnson fills this role incredibly well, and he's tied to a quarterback that he is going to have for until his rookie contract does, right? Because Justin Herbert isn't going anywhere. The Chargers are going to pay him. He's going to stay there, and he's going to play there, and I'd ra- I'd like Quentin Johnson there. And that's on- another reason JSN kind of scares me or did scare me is because Geno's not going to be around a whole lot longer, and then what happens? He's going to get a rookie contract or a rookie quarterback. Does he stick around in Seattle? Like, There's there's a lot of variables involved, and one that I didn't want to take a chance on or that I didn't think would get screwed up was Quentin Johnson. So he, I was pretty excited for that. Do you think this year he's going to be um... – the best rookie wide receiver? I don't think so. No, I, I truthfully, I don't, but I think he has the opportunity to find himself a really solid role in that offense for years to come. I will say this. I think he could have an opportunity to do that this year. If one of those two mentioned wide receivers struggles to stay healthy, which I'm kind of, I'm thinking one of them, between the two of them, one of them is probably going to be injured somewhat soon just because they, they've done it before. And we, you know, we don't root for injuries here, but I, I think that's really what it banks on because right now he is the wide receiver three, but I think that very quickly he could end up being the top wide receiver in this offense if they don't do anything else, which I, I think they're going to ride with their guys for right now. So no, I don't. I, I have who I think is going to be the top wide receiver this year for the rookies and it is not Quentin Johnson. Well, what about this next guy we're going to talk about? It is. This is the guy I think could be arguably the uh, the wide receiver one out of all the rookies this year, Zay Flowers, to the Ravens. So, like, I, like we talked about at the very beginning, Lamar Jackson signed a long-term deal with the Ravens right before this draft started. So that news broke, and then they're like, all right, let's help him out. So they went and got Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, to me, I was not – he was probably the wide receiver I was most unexcited about. If I don't know if that's the right way to word that. But I was – I truthfully, Zay Flowers was kind of one one of the guys where I was like, nah. Like, I don't think he's terrible. But he he 
he reminds me of kind of a speedy, smaller slot receiver guy. He's not that big bodied wide out. And I was like, man, I'm really not, I'm not super excited for Zay Flowers. But really, when you think about it, him to the Ravens is actually a pretty good move because they need wide receiver help, right? So they signed OBJ. OBJ had a little bit longer of, or excuse me, he's kind of more of that outside bodied guy. So I'm fine with it. He can kind of a dual role-esque. But then you have Mark Andrews, and that's really what I'm excited for. And I think Mark Andrews is somebody that is going to benefit from Zay Flowers. And I think they coincide with each other in a very, very beneficial way because Mark Andrews is a wide receiver. He just lines up. He Sometimes he actually lines up at, at wide receivers. So nothing too crazy. But I think that he will benefit from this as well as Zay Flowers. He is kind of, like I said, that, that speedy guy. So you're coming back. Welcome back, Yeti. We missed you. Um, I was talking about Zay Flowers. I mean, what do you think about him? Yeah, I think uh, you were alluding to Zay Flowers potentially being the wide receiver one in this rookie, rookie class, and I tend to agree with you. Um, you look at the wide receivers they have in, in Baltimore right now. They got OBJ, which I, I personally think is washed up. Sorry if you already said this. I was away. Um, but I don't think OBJ is going to finish a season with uh, – being healthy. Um, so I think Zay Flowers is going to be the the guy to own in this offense going forward. Yeah, I, I do too. I think in like I I don't think I said this, but he's young. He's tied to this offense for a while and he's going yep. to be like Rashad Bateman was he's never been a wide receiver one. He I think that was a hope for a lot of people, but that's just not what he is. Like Hollywood Brown was yeah. the wide receiver one. And I think Zay Flowers is kind of like a Hollywood Brown. Like, I think I kind of look at him in, a, in that similar fashion. I think he's a little bit smaller. I'd have to go look at the stat sheet. But um, he's going to be around in this offense for a while. And I like Zay Flowers for that reason. And they need help at wide receiver. We saw them struggle last year because they had no wide receivers. This is a good move for the Ravens. I don't know if I would have liked it as much as Jordan Addison, who was the next wide receiver off the board of the Vikings. I would have liked to see Jordan Addison to the, the Ravens more so than Zay Flowers, because like I said, Zay Flowers out of the four top four wide receivers, he was kind of on the bottom of the list for me. But landing spots matter. Landing mm -hmm. spots matter for me quite a bit. So Jordan Addison, why don't you talk about him, Yeti? Yeah, I'm actually very excited about Jordan Addison going to Minnesota just because I thought Jordan Addison could be the one. He could be the wide receiver one in this rookie class. Um, he's going to an offense that throws the ball, I think, the third most in the NFL is what I tweeted out. And he's going into an offense that just lost their wide receiver, too, with Adam Thielen. Um, the only other wide receiver uh, outside of Jay Jets, obviously, is... Um, can't remember his name right now, so that's he must be irrelevant, right? Uh, um, yes. <laughs> KJ Osborne, that's yes. who I was going to say. Yeah. Um, but I think Addison is going to be one of those guys that can come in and he can automatically command 100 targets just based off of volume. Yeah, the, the really crappy thing for, uh, for him was the fact that Justin Jefferson is not going anywhere, right? So... That's he fell a little bit in in fantasy drafts just because of that reason. He still he still went in the first round, but it made you like if you had to pick if you between Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison if they were both on the board right there and you needed a wide receiver, which one are you taking? 
Jordan Addison. Are you? I think Zay Flowers is going to be more of a gadget type of guy this year, whereas Jordan Addison is more, he can create more separation off the line with, with his route running. So I would prefer a guy like Addison okay. in my offense. Yeah, I just, I wish he would have went to somewhere else where he had a clear cut path to be the guy and that he's never going to be that with Justin Jefferson in that offense. I think they, they could serve a very complimentary role, maybe even arguably mm-hmm. like a T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, but it still kind of makes it more difficult to trust him on a pretty consistent basis, which kind of sucks. So. Even like an A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith type of comparison, I sure. think is fair here because Jordan Addison is the same size as Devontae Smith and um, they, they kind of have the same skill set. Yeah, the other thing that is kind of interesting is Kirk Cousins is on the last deal of his year of his contract. So, like, what happens? with Do they re-sign him? Like, I think maybe some of that's uh, – maybe that is – just dependent upon how he plays this year and maybe they'll sign him to like another one or two year deal or something but like he's he's getting close to the end so that kind of complicates things a little bit as well so um last guy here in the first round of course dalton kincaid shot up i was super i like this pick a lot for the bills i actually went on twitter and said this this exact thing i think this was a great move for the bills realistically like dalton kincaid he was my tight end one i know a lot of people had michael mayer there I don't think Mayer's bad, but I think Kincaid off, has a lot more to offer in an offense than Mayer does. And so I was so happy that the Bills got him. He's huge. He's a big dude. He can catch the ball. He can run routes. And I think this actually this really helps this offense because Josh Allen, as we know, him and Stefan Diggs, they're not eating breakfast together, but they are loving each other quite a bit. And, uh, and he shows Stefan Diggs a lot of love. But I think this helps open the field up. You know, they you look at the bills team a lot of there was a lot of speculation that they were going to move on from um gabe davis but why you know that yes he does drop a lot of balls but he's still young he's still incredibly fast he just needs to catch the damn thing and so you could take a while like uh, the four top four wide receivers are off the board now i think if one of them was there they certainly would have taken him but at that point, they can look at it and be like, okay, we'll get a tight end who's a top-tier elite tight end. And I think they kind of knew they were going to get a tight end. Obviously, their their tight end, Dawson Knox, is still there, but he's kind of aging. I think Kincaid was a great move, and I think this helps open up this offense a hell of a lot more. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to see a lot more two tight end sets with Buffalo. I think yeah. that this is what this draft pick is kind of indicating. Yeah. Um, if you look at their splits versus who plays in the slot versus on on the line, actually, it's about dead even from Dalton Kincaid in college to Dawson Knox in the NFL. So I, I, I don't see a world where they can't coexist at, um, on the offense at the same time. So I think for fantasy production, that sucks, obviously, but... I think we're going to see Kincaid involved early and often with this offense. And I think he's a good own for somebody if you're like, I mean, tight end's always a crapshoot position in fantasy anyway. For a rookie draft to grab him and just another one of those like, what if guys, kind of like Kyle Pitts. Like you just kind of, you have him when you drafted him. You as Some people probably sold the farm on Kyle Pitts and it didn't benefit them. But like, just set him in the set him on your bench. Let's see what happens in a couple of years when he is the only tight, like the tight end one. Because right now there's a lot of questions: is it Dawson Knox? Is it Dalton Kincaid? We'll see. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think that we're going to see this offense kind of run a, a, a double tight set, and I think that, that that could help. Like I think that could also be extremely beneficial for this offense because 
it now that middle of the field becomes a hell of a lot more murky. We've seen Josh Allen like to just gunsling it to Stefan Diggs, but if you have some defenses have to respect Diggs. He's going to be in double coverage and if you can open up the middle of the field, you can advance the ball pretty pretty dang easy. So, I like that. I like this pick a lot. Let's move to the second round, Eddie. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Will Levis goes to the Titans. I kind of already shared my feelings. So what what are your feelings with Will Levis to the Titans? I I really think he's going to be a bust. I do. I do too. If you just look at his college production, it wasn't there. And he's kind of like Anthony Richardson, except he's, I feel like, already at his peak. Mm-hmm. Like what you saw in college is what you're going to get with him in the NFL. And I, I think this landing spot with Tennessee is very curious you know i'm not a big fan of tennessee's front office and i know they just revamped it or whatever you want to say but they drafted malik willis last year they quickly that was gave the up other on thing. him yeah and now they drafted well will levis this year like how short of a leash is he gonna have before they decide to replace him if he does play this year well not only that but like look at this team yeah like you have an aging derrick henry who like yeah the dude's freaking jacked and he's scary looking. How much longer is he going to play NFL football as a running back? Because he's getting old and eventually he is going to be done. And then what does this team do? Because Derrick Henry is the identity of the Titans. And so when he is gone, which could be sooner rather than later, I think truthfully, he's probably one injury away from like his career going downhill pretty damn quick. So you have that to face. Who are your wide receivers? You traded away A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks, who hasn't done anything yet. You don't have a quarterback because you've got Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and now Will Levis. So it's going to be a freaking dumpster fire of a quarterback room trying to figure out who your guy is going to be to start the year. And that's it. Like, you have no wide receivers. You have an aging offensive line. who, Like, your offensive line is not great. So what the hell is this team going to do? If you're going to – what, Malik Willis was, what, a third-round pick last year, I want to yep. say? And yep. then you, you use another second-round pick on another quarterback? Like, not a good look for the Titans. But And I don't know how he does it, but Mike Vrabel, I have a lot of respect for him, still finds a way to freaking get it done and still go positive every single year. And it's I don't know how long good. that's going to last. Though. I don't either. And I, I, I don't think it's Mike Vrabel's I, – I think the winning is Mike Vrabel's fault. But I don't think, like, the poor team management – I don't want to – I don't want to say it's him. I don't know. I'm, it's not like I'm like in the the Titans. Oh shit! You don't have room. their their phone numbers. Not the Titans. No, I do have some yeah. other ones, but not them. Uh, <laughs> but I just I don't understand. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing as an organization? Because not only are you like, you're the Titans aren't contenders by any stretch of the means. But you're not even like if I was a Titans fan, you're not even doing anything to tell me that like you're, we're we're going to rebuild or we're going to do something. It's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll just draft mm-hmm. this guy. Cause we like him. His girlfriend's hot. Yeah. So we'll, we'll take him. <laughs> like that's, that's what it is. So I don't like this Levis pick either. I think it was, I, I haven't liked Levis. Like you said, I think he's going to be a bust for fantasy purposes. He fell into the third round in our rookie draft. And, and honestly, like I, I had so many opportunities to take him. And I'm like, I don't want him because I don't think he's going to pan out. And even if he does become the starter, as I mentioned, who do you have to throw to? Because Traylon Burns yep. is not A.J. Brown. So, yeah, pretty disappointed. Yeti, you're a Raiders fan. You got you, – you traded Darren Waller this offseason. Mm-hmm. And you replenished the tight end position with Michael Mayer. What, what are you thinking about that as a, a Raiders homework? I love it, man. Um, I, I think 
Mayer could have been the first tight end off the board before Kincaid this season. I know there's a lot of uh, back and forth between Mayer and Kincaid, which um, I think that's rightfully so, right? Mayer was a very productive college tight end, big body guy, and I, I've seen some quick comparisons to a baby Gronk. So that's that excites me. Uh, that excites me a lot, especially in an offense with Jimmy G running the show. Um, Jimmy G doesn't excite me, but if we're talking about offensive schemes, like Jimmy G is the tight end master. That he dude is. fucking loves his tight ends. And I think Michael Mayer's walking into a position where, like you said, Darren Waller's gone. That's going to open up some targets in this offense. And Mayer's going to be a, a big beneficiary of having Jimmy G in an open top, tight end room. Top 10? Top for 10 tight ends? ends? Yeah. It, it's always a crapshoot. Oh, like, if fantasy analysts yeah. are like, oh, this tight end's going to be like a top five tight It's like, no, dude. He could crack knows. it. I don't want to say top 10. I, I think he could crack it. Though. I think he could crack he it. He has a chance. Okay. Yeah, I'll, if, I will say that too. If he gets the red zone targets, he, yeah, he'll be yeah. top 10, but that remains to be seen still in this offense. Yeah, I like I like this pick for the Raiders. I really do like you for everything that you just mentioned. I, I think that this makes sense for them. There's a lot of good tight ends in this draft, though. Like it, this, when I look at this draft, I'm like, dude, there's some like this is a very tight end heavy draft with a lot of good talent at that position, mm-hmm. which I feel like is not normal every year. So, they, I was I was super excited for him. Like I mentioned earlier, he was uh, a lot of people had him as the tight end one off the board. I liked Kincaid more. They went in tandem at one two, so um, you could go either way. But mm-hmm. I think this this is good for the Raiders. So. Uh, Carolina comes back in. They get some help for young Bryce Young with Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, do you think he uh, is going to be relevant this season? I think he could be. And the reason I say that is because there is nobody on that damn team to throw to. I actually I, I took Mingo at the 201 in our, our fantasy draft. I liked him because of the opportunity that he has. Because Carolina does not have a lot of pass catchers. I think like LaVisca Chenault and... Um, I can't remember the other. Who is it? DJ Shark? I think DJ Shark's there now. Yeah, he is. Adam Thielen too. Yeah, yeah. Adam Thielen and DJ Shark are the, the two. Yep. Um, so I think he could come in and make like an, a, a considerable impact on this team. He is one of those big-bodied guys, and I I think that situationally he's not in a bad spot. So I, I liked this pick. They needed wide receiver help, and they went and got uh, Jonathan Mingo, who I really hadn't really done a whole lot of research on or, or studied up on beforehand there was some other wide receivers that i had like jalen hyatt like and this guy went before a lot of them which tells me like they saw something in him that they liked to take him as early as they did i think he is going to be playing this year so I'm, and I'm he, yeah saying. he's got the draft capital to back him up to yeah. going in the second round he's going to be attached to bryce young for the next four to five years so i think you have to be excited about that yeah yeah for sure uh, the Packers, they went and got Luke Musgrave, another tight end uh, out of tight end university, and Jaden Reed. So what are you thinking about both these guys in the second round? Um, I think Jaden Reed, he's going to be one of those sleeper wide receivers that we're going to have to pay attention to this year because you look at this Packers wide receiver room, they have Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. You think he beats uh, out Dubs? It. I think it's very possible that he could, especially with this draft capital. You know, they they – took him in the second round so they obviously believe in his talent and his skill set and i think he'll get on the field early and often um this offense is kind of a question mark for me obviously with jordan love running the show but um 
if they if the defense is suspect, then they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, which is good news for Jaden Reed and then Luke Musgrave, who they also drafted. Um, Luke Musgrave is is curious pick to me just because we didn't see a lot of him in the, in college, right? I think he had 40 total catches in his college career. So he's kind of unproven in that skill in, in that way, but he's got the body and he's got the, the, the speed to match it. So it'll be interesting to watch him develop in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, would you look at that? Seattle again, fucking things oh, up. Gosh. They drafted in the second round, Zach Charbonnet or, I think I said that right. Uh, Close enough. Running back. <laughs> what the? I I was I remember. So it was supposed to rain day two of the draft. So we we opted to go to a bar instead. And I just remember watching this, and I just was I was speechless that Seattle went and took another running back, especially one of the guys that I was pretty excited about going into this draft. Is somebody if you found the right spot, he could be very very impactful. What the hell, man? Kenneth Walker owners had to have shed some tears when they saw that that happened. I mean, what, what, what did you think when they did this? Yeah. As a Ken Walker owner, I was very disappointed with this draft pick, man. I think it, it's obviously still Ken Walker's backfield to lose, but to invest a second round pick after drafting Walker in the second round last year is very, it's a very Pete Carroll move, right? Um, they, they need help on the offensive line and they avoided that by going and get a running back. Like if one gets hurt, we got another one. It makes no, like I, I get the argument that in the NFL, you need two quality running backs. I get that. But Zach Charbonnet and Ken Walker are basically the same exact build. They are the exact same player. It's not like Charbonnet is an elite pass catcher or anything like that. Um, <laughs> so this move makes no sense. Did it did it make you feel like owning Walker like it was significantly devalued now? I think a lot of people are overreacting to it and saying that Charbonnet he's going to come in and he's going to take a bunch of carries from Ken Walker and I don't think so. I I think to start the season, it's going to be Kenny Walker's backfield and if he just looks terrible out there, then okay. I could see Charbonnet carrying or getting 10, 12 touches of backfield and creating a very um, lackluster fantasy backfield. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's Kenny Walker's show and Charbonnet is going to come in to spell him every once in a while. Yes. But as far as value goes, yes, his value is down right now, but I would hold if I was an owner. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of our fans here, Eric had even stated in our chat here, I was shocked with this pick. So we weren't the only ones. I think there was a lot of people that, that probably felt that way. And then uh, to clean up round two, we're not going to go through all seven rounds because we are going to talk about fantasy for just a little bit here at the end. But let's let's wrap up the second round of the actual NFL draft. Kansas City takes Rashi Rice, wide receiver. I was actually pretty happy with this. I'm, I'm and one of those other guys where I didn't really – I hadn't done a lot of homework on them because there was other guys that I thought would go a hell of a lot sooner than somebody like this. But once again, I think the Chiefs saw something in him. Chiefs were needing a wide receiver really bad. So I he was he, I was I was pretty uh pretty excited for fantasy purposes that they went and got another guy. I don't know what you think. I'm really torn on this because we we hyped up Sky Moore last season. He was kind of in a similar situation. He gets drafted in the first three rounds and we're like, oh he's gonna replace Tyree Kill. You know, they need somebody to replace Tyree Kill's volume. 
Sky Moore didn't really do anything. You know, it, that wide receiver room was a rotation every week on who's going to be the best. Juju, MBS, Hardman, you name it. It was just a fucking carousel. And so I, I think Rice is a, a very talented wide receiver, but we've seen rookie wide receivers kind of struggle out of the gate in the NFL, rightfully so, right? And I think with the with Kansas City, he lands in a good situation, but to, it's going to be hard to trust his fantasy value every week. I think he could develop and be one of Mahomes' favorite targets over the years, but it just remains to be seen how quickly he can pick up the offense. Yeah, and you know, Juju's not there anymore. Hardman is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it kind of tickles you a little bit where you're like, oh man, like he could come in here and it's him and MVS and probably Sky Moore. Like this could be a thing. But I'm not saying go buy up on Rashi Rice. And you shouldn't be wasting like a first round pick on him because we saw, as we stated going into last year, we had concerns about the Chiefs offense as far as who's going to eat on a week-to-week basis. It's still Travis Kelsey. It will always be Travis Kelsey when Travis Kelsey's there. But everybody else was, as as we had talked about at nauseum, was just a complete dumpster fire of which one are you going to pick this week? And I kind of, I, I would be interested in Rice as like a, a later, a mid to late second round own for a what if scenario. But I am not like, I'm not saying go buy him up. He's just somebody I would kind of target as a later round one. And you're not in your head yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of think that, that you're agreeing with that. Um, other landing spots that I just would kind of briefly like to talk about. Really, I, I just want to talk about Tank Bigsby for just a moment. Um, he went to the Jaguars. He was another running back that I was kind of excited for, and I think this really just made me sad because if if these running backs ended up in a better home, and I'm not talking about their home life, but if they ended up in a better NFL team, then I would be much more excited for him. But he goes to the Jags, and and that kind of – it it hurts. It, kind of a Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet situation – what do you do? Like Travis Etienne, I think is very clearly the running back one. And I think if anything, now Bigsby just becomes kind of a, a, a backup, like an RB two. And he'll see the, he might see the field a little bit as kind of like a, a stunt player, but he's not going to, it's going to be Travis Etienne. So that kind of sucks for me. And, and where I was hoping some of these running backs could go. I don't know if you, you agree with that or not. He could carve out a role in the short yardage game. Honestly, I could see him rotating with Etienne and, them trying to save ETN for later in the season. Um, we see Bigsby come in on like third and three, third and two, or even goal line situations, which, I mean, that could hurt ETN's value, obviously, if he's not getting those touchdowns or if he's not getting those goal line carries anymore. Um, it'll it'll be an interesting situation to watch, though. Yeah. I, I wish he would have landed with like Dallas. I, yeah. I would have liked that landing spot a lot more. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, so we did our, our – uh, we're in a dynasty league, all the leather brains or the, the father brains. I don't know what you call us. Like, we call ourselves daddy brains, but it kind of sounds weird. Like, I feel like I'm like – I think sex- it's fine. I think yeah. I, I, like, sexualize my friends when I'm calling you guys the daddy brains. So it just kind of makes it. me feel odd. But uh, we, we're all in a dynasty league together, of course. And so this is how it went down, Yeti. 101, of course, was Bajan Robinson. 102 is Bryce Young. 103, you had the 103, and you took Anthony Richardson. I did, yeah. Did I hold on to him? No, you didn't. And see, this is where I really, like, I, like I'm like i saying, I feel the need to, to defend myself because everybody's calling the, whoever picked it the 104 as a fool. That was me. And so I'd like to defend myself for just a little bit. 
because shit happened. I felt like we were in the real draft, like the real NFL draft with all the craziness that happened in our rookie draft while everything was drafting. So I had the fourth and the fifth pick in the first round. And I woke up this the, the morning of the draft and I started looking and I'm like, okay, I think I know who the first three are going to be. Just to try, you know, I'm trying to game plan for myself. I'm trying to figure out who's going to be there at the four. And I was 100% right. So I was like, okay, these three are going to be gone. Stroud is going to be there. That's who I'm probably going to take. But I started looking. I started looking. I'm like, who has the 106? And I, I, one of the guys in the league, I looked, and I'm like, dude, he desperately needs a quarterback. And I wasn't sold on Stroud. So I was like, here's what I'll do. What if I pivot and I sell him the 105 and he gives me the 106 and then I, we swap second rounds? And then I got a third round just to kind of sprinkle on at the end there. I was like, yeah, no. Like, so I texted him and I was like, hey, man, would you be interested in this trade offer? I think Stroud, and I texted him this before the draft even started. I said, would you be interested in this trade offer? I think Stroud might be around there if this would tickle your fancy. And he said, well, let's see what happens. Draft starts 10 minutes later, exactly as I thought it would. He texts me, says, send the trade through. So I was like, okay. So at the, and I want a Quentin Johnson. And I would have taken C.J. Stroud at the 104, and I would have taken Quentin Johnston at the 105, which is still somewhat of a reach, and that's fair. And I was like, okay. So then I moved to the 106, and I'm like, all right, now it's it's between Gibbs or JSN. Like, these are the two guys, and I'm struggling. And then I get a phone call from you. And you call, and you say, hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You're like, I know that you kind of want Richardson. And I said, Yeah. But I'm not willing to overpay because I, I really wasn't. And I did it. You could argue that maybe I still even did overpay. I don't think I did. I think it was a pretty fair trade, to be honest with you. Um, and I said, yeah, I said, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I said, what are you what are you thinking? You're like, well, you gave me two different options. And we kind of piddled back and forth. For I was a nice bit. about it. Yeah, you were not. No, you were nice. I'm yeah. not saying uh, you were very kind about it. We Cordial. had some. Yeah. yeah and, and so I traded for Anthony Richardson. I gave it the 106 and the 205. And I got Anthony Richardson. I don't need Anthony Richardson. As I've stated from the very beginning, I'm excited for him. I want him to pan out. And I, I think that the potential could pan out. But I also it could also blow up in my face. So I was fine with it. But that is why up to the 106, that's the way it happened that it did. Addison win at the 107. And I probably probably would have taken JSN there. But I, I don't hate that pick. JSN at the 108, which is crazy. Like, JSN was a, like a top five guy. And to go with the 108 was just insane and then you got zay flowers and dalton kincaid to, to round it out so i it was a very crazy first round stuff was happening very quickly for me but that is why quentin johnson went at the fourth because i wanted to do that thing where you take a wide receiver at the fourth so everybody gawks at it but i had both the picks and then some shit just got crazy you just wanted to fuck up the sleeper adp didn't you yeah that's, that's yeah. really what i wanted to do so yeah um job accomplished yeah job accomplished uh before we wrap this up yeti i do just want to give um to talk about just some like guys who aren't those big name guys who are going to go in the first round it's just potential targets for rookies in a dynasty league because a lot of people probably don't know who they are and I'd like to just talk about them very, very briefly and kind of say, hey, these are some guys you might want to look at targeting. I'm not saying go up and buy. I'm not saying spend, you know, buy, sell the farm to get these guys. But if they are there, 
I'd like to give a little bit of background as far as maybe why these people should take them. So the first one is Jonathan Mingo. We kind of touched on him, Yeti, so I don't know how much more analysis we need to give. He went 39th overall in the actual draft to the Panthers. The Panthers need wide receiver help. That draft capital, as you mentioned, uh, kind of signifies that they they believe that he will be their guy. So mm-hmm. he's not going first round. Like I said, I got him at the 201. I was perfectly happy with that. He was somebody that I, I was like, man, given the draft capital and the fact that there's a vacated wide receiver room there, he could do really well. So he was the first one that I had. We also talked about Rashi Rice. Mm-hmm. So Rashi Rice, he went 55th overall to the Chiefs. I'm not saying buy up on him. I'm not saying go sell or go sell the farm to get him. But he's somebody that I would like to own just because the Chiefs could, in being tied to Patrick Mahomes, that could be really, really fun. So why don't you talk about the next guy a little bit? So the next guy on the list here is Kendra Miller, uh, running back that got drafted to New Orleans. I think this is a very juicy pick uh, to watch because he is going into a running back room that has a aging Jamal Williams. I believe he's 30 years old. And then Alvin Kamara. We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara's legal situation. Mm-hmm. He could be in jail uh, before the season starts. So obviously we have to monitor that situation. But Kendra Miller, he comes into this backfield and he could very well be the starting running back come week eight. You know, if you think about it, let's say Kamara gets arrested. He's gone for the first or for this year. Jamal Williams, he's 30 years old. He's not going to be around the whole season, I don't think. Obviously, we don't root for injuries here. But he's also playing with Derek Carr now, who likes to uh, check down to running backs. Kendra Miller is a perfect receiving running back, and I think he could see the field early and often. So I would keep your eyes peeled on Kendra Miller's uh, situation there in New Orleans. Yeah, he was. I got him at the what, 401, I think. Like the 310, yeah, he, 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 he fell, fell way, he fell way far. Yeah, but... At like end of second round, round, end of second round, early third is kind of where I would look at maybe targeting him because situationally he could see the field and end up being pretty dang beneficial. So he uh, he made our list. What about Jalen Hyatt? He fell drastically in the actual NFL draft and he landed with the Giants. So what are you thinking? You and I had kind of texted about Hyatt a little bit, too. I think NFL scouts were calling their bluff on Tennessee's offense and saying Jalen Hyatt was probably a gadget guy for Tennessee and that he can't really run routes. Um, But I think I I tend to agree that he is more of a gadget type of guy, but he landed in a perfect situation, in my opinion, with Brian Dable. Um, I think they're going to have to draw up, you know, some some gadget type plays, Tyreek-esque plays for Jalen Hyatt because his biggest uh, skill set is his speed. Yeah. And that's where he's going to he's gonna be uh, on the field is because of his, his speed. So I think taking Jalen Hyatt, you know, mid-second, early third is very, very good value because he could be um, this season, I, I see him as a Gabe Davis type of guy where he's inconsistent. He could have big weeks and then two points the next week but i think he he could have some value going forward with daniel jones yeah uh i mean adp wise mid mid second is probably kind of where i would look at him at um yep i I got him at the 205 yeah like i i think that's that's pretty good because once again situationally he he will be on the field this year because the giants just don't have wide receivers so i like that i like that that quite a bit uh let's talk hendon hooker baby Hennon Hooker. I like Hennon Hooker. Hennon Hooker fell to the middle of the third. If you're in a a super flex league, 
and he is there, I would 100% be grabbing him. He was drafted at the 68th overall by the Lions, so they used a second-round pick on this guy. And uh, a lot of NFL scouts were actually kind of if, – if Hendon Hooker hadn't torn his ACL, he could have snuck up into like a late first-round pick for a lot of teams. So he's coming back from injury. He is a little bit older. He's 25, so for a rookie quarterback, that is a little bit older. But mm-hmm. very clearly the Lions are see something in him that they want to give a shot. So if, you, if he's sitting there in the third-round pick and you can get a potentially starting quarterback next year because Jared Goff is – I think this move really signifies for them that Jared Goff is not their long-term solution, which is the correct move for them. Then uh, Hennon Hooker could be a really, really fun own. So I would, I would definitely be looking to grab him like at a mid or maybe even early third, just depending upon what's still available. I, I kind of like that. So mm-hmm. Sam Laporta, you like Sam Laporta? Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that this is another situation where uh, the tight end room is wide open for Detroit. You know, they obviously traded TJ Hawkinson last year. Um, they're not going to have Jamison Williams uh, to start the season at least. So that opens up some uh, target share in that offense. Um, Jared Goff is the uh, under 10 yard throw king, I would say. So that's obviously going to benefit a tight end like Sam Laporta. And I, um, I think he could have pretty good value. Obviously, I'm not saying top 10, but he could be one of those, you know, weekly plays that you uh, put in your roster every once in a while. So I'd keep your eyes peeled for him. Probably, where did he go in our drafts? Like third round? He went late third, which I thought was a great value for him. Yeah, I think that's amazing value. So I would, would, yeah. I would say late second even. I would be content with like if, and this is all situational depending upon where people get drafted and everything, but like a late second, I wouldn't hate that because I think the the guy has a lot of potential and and like you said the the tight end room is wide open. They they traded away um TJ Hawkinson Hawk, to the yeah. Vikings. So if if he can get any value like like Hawkinson's a top tier own for me right now, especially with the Vikings, but if he can even get some of the production that Hawkinson had, that's still a good tight end to own. So I I like Sam Laporta quite a bit. Jaden Reed, Packers, 50th overall in the actual draft. He was somebody that we kind of covered a little bit earlier. Um, you kind of gave your analysis on that, but I, I think that he is another guy that's falling quite a bit, even in in um, fantasy football in the in the rookie draft. He's falling quite a bit. I mean, you like Jalen Reed or Jaden Reed as an own then? I do, I do, and I think his his uh, path to being fantasy relevant is pretty clear. You yeah. have Christian Watson, and that's about it. Yeah. So I think if you can get him in the third round, fourth round even, I think is where you went in our draft. So um, I think that's pretty pretty damn good value. Yeah. This last guy, and then we'll get the hell out of here, Yeti. This guy didn't even get drafted. He was a, a – he got drafted in the NFL draft. He did not get drafted in our rookie dynasty draft. His name is Michael Wilson. And I know a lot of people are saying, who in the hell is Michael Wilson? Michael Wilson was drafted to the Cardinals with the 94th overall pick. So he's kind of a later third round guy. Like, or is that early? I don't know. Math is hard. But the reason the reason I say this is I, I don't think he's going to be a superstar by any stretch of the means. But I bring this up because he's probably sitting on rosters. And if you're just kind of looking for somebody to grab to just fill a role on your bench, he would be somebody I would do that with. And the reason being is because DeAndre Hopkins could be gone in Arizona. And DeAndre Excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins had come out and said, I'm not leaving, I'm not going anywhere. He posted a video of him working out in Arizona. But what happens when the Cardinals start to lose this year? Which is is probably inevitable. 
Kyler Murray is hurt. He's not going to be back for at least a good portion of the year. And then they start fielding trade offers for D-Hop. Somebody has to go in there and catch the ball. Hollywood Brown, very obviously, is would then become the wide receiver one. And then you kind of have a question mark as to who the wide receiver two would be. So, And I'm not saying it's going to be him, but I'm saying he could probably make an argument to see the field. So he's somebody that's just chilling on waivers. If you got the bench depth to do it, Michael Wilson is his name Oh, and I would uh, I would suggest grabbing him if, if, if you could. I'm not saying spend anything crazy for him, but that was my thought. I don't know if you agree with that. I like it, man. It okay. seems like he has a clear path. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I, well, I like I've said before, if you love something, set it free. I love DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> He's a cardinal, but I want to set him free because I would like, I know we're not going to do well, but I'd like to kind of just, and the Cardinals, man, I loved our draft. I loved our draft. We just kind of we were. It was like we watched draft day for them, the movie for the first time. Like the front office did, and they're like, "Let's try this," and it, it worked out kind of well. I was like, "This is kind of cool." We'll maybe we'll. They got a bunch of picks for next year to kind of help build around the team, which I kind of like. So it's. I, I don't want to call it a hard rebuild, but it could end up being a a medium sized rebuild. Is what I'll put it. A head coach is still a goof, but. Yeah, he no. Draft. We got Michael Scott as a a head coach, so we're our trajectory is not great. But yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, Yeti. Is there anything else we need to talk about, or you want to get the hell out of here? We're good, man. We're Gucci. We're good. All right, baby. Well, it's been a pleasure. I love talking with you. We're going to do it again probably next week, as we always do. Same time. Uh, same same time. time. Last thing, if you're watching us on the video, check out that cool banner that some really yeah. cool, handsome devil got for my birthday. So I appreciate that. It's a Leather Brains banner hanging up behind me. It's pretty freaking awesome. So uh appreciate that man. Thank you. It uh Yeah. One day when I actually when we have our studio for Riz, we can we'll put it in the background. Big banner. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right, brother. Let's get out of here. All right. All right, we are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.